0: Hey guys, this is AC and you're listening to Brown Men Won't Jump. Howdy how y'all. Welcome to another episode of Brown Men Won't Jump. I'm Uswee, and joining me today are Eric
1: yes sir.
2: and anu yo what is going on guys so gentlemen how's it going can't complain doing good doing
0: good eric i'm sorry about your niners unlike you i will not gloat in your face because i share the pain of loss after loss after loss so
1: i feel your pain my friend don't worry you can't gloat we beat you <laughs> that's <There's> fine no- <laughs> there's nothing to gloat about
0: that, that's fair. That's fair. You don't, get, you like, don't yeah. get to
1: live vicariously through other teams. You're still a loser uh, when it comes to us.
0: Yes, <laughs> that, that is true. Though, I meant, you know, put salt in the wound for your loss. That's what I meant. Yeah, I can't gloat. Yeah, we lost in the most embarrassing, terrible way. We
1: weren't out. even supposed to be here this year. A bunch of injuries, a bad record. Anything we did in the playoffs was icing on a cake. And anything to make you and other Packers feel bad, that was our Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what, guys? Though the Super Bowl is in a couple weeks, the Super Bowl, for at least our friend group, has always been All-Star Weekend. And so we thought, before the All-Star Reserves are named this week, we wanted to kind of throw out guys who we thought should belong on the All-Star team. But before that, last week, The All-Star starters were actually announced. From the East, we had Kevin Durant, Giannis, my boy Embiid, Trey Young, and DeMar DeRozan. And from the West, we got our boy LeBron, Jokic, Wiggins, oddly enough,
1: Steph Curry. Boo, boo, boo that man. Tomato, tomato, tomato. (laughs) (laughs) To Wiggins or to Steph? It was to Wiggins, but I don't mind if they thought it was for stuff either. <laughs> <laughs> and, and last
0: but not least, John Moran. So why don't we just start with Andrew Wiggins, because clearly that seems like a very controversial pick.
1: Fellas, I, I know, and I haven't even actually spoken to Anu about this, but I'm going to guess anu feels as a fellow canadian like andrew wiggins <laughs> <laughs> you feel just like we do that as a starter not as a reserve but as a starter this was a vastly overrated selection
2: right Anu? you know i i agree with you 100 percent. and it, it's odd to me because this is a fan vote right I can't even imagine how many people can go around walking around and be like, oh, yeah, I'm an Andrew Wiggins fan. He's my favorite player in the NBA. I mean, it's it's just preposterous to me. And don't get me wrong. He's having a fantastic season for sure. A great season. He's a contributor on the offensive end and a surprising defender as well. Right. But by no means should he be an all-star starter. I think that was just incredibly rash to give him that honor and I don't know, it just feels very, very weird. I mean, as a Canadian, obviously I'm proud, but you know, as a basketball fan, it's, it's perplexing.
1: So what's interesting to me, Anu, I remember when he was with the Timberwolves, guys, and his counting stats were actually much higher in certain seasons. Like, sometimes he was averaging like in the mid-20s per game. And none of us ever thought, oh, Andrew Wiggins, an all-star reserve. That wasn't even some shit that we thought of. So the fact that he's a starter, and I get it, his defense has improved. His true shooting stats and like efficiency stats, they are marginally up from when he was with the Timberwolves. He's a more effective version of himself, but he's more of a very, very good table setter than he's a guy who's a premier type player who is worthy of a starting spot in all star game. Well, the one thing I will say
0: in defense of Andrew Wiggins, which is a phrase I never thought I'd ever have to say, in defense of Andrew Wiggins. You say he's an improved defender, but actually this season, he's been the guy who guards the number one option on the other team, right? That's true, So yeah. improved defender is kind of selling Andrew Wiggins short. That being said... Yeah, the man is having a career year, but his numbers compared to say like a like a Rudy Gobert. You know, when I think about the guy who should be in that spot, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. You know, I look at Rudy Gobert and it's just that guy is the heart and soul of a defense that without him is one of the worst defensive teams by far. And somehow this guy who while important, isn't nearly as crucial to his team's success as a Rudy Gobert is, Because without Andrew Wiggins there, you still have other great defenders, like Gary Payton has been really good on defense. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. Klay Thompson came back. Now, we don't expect him to be quite the same Klay Thompson defender as he was in the past. But the point being, the things that Wiggins brings to his team while they are Obviously important. If you remove him from that team, it's not nearly as much of a blow as if you remove like a Gobert. And while this is not an MVP thing we're talking about here, it's simply all star based on individual performance. I think what Gobert has done, his body of work this season, really, it's a shame that he was kind of snubbed here for a starter.
2: You know, like it's something that we talked about when we did this podcast last year for our last year's all-star selections, you know, team success really does matter. Right. And of course the, the Utah jazz are also up there in the Western conference, but I mean, this is a warrior's team that for a while, they had good solid pieces around, but clay Thompson was injured for a majority of, of the season. Draymond green in and out of the lineups. Right. So, I mean, Wiggins had to be a solid number two option for, for the warriors for them to get this far. And, you know, he's done what he needed to do to, I guess, push the Warriors up to where they are now, but I, I still don't think that it is warranted for him to have a starting spot. I also do think this is because Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, two obvious forwards, are injured right now, right? So it just goes to show why Wiggins has a spot. I'm actually
0: glad you brought up Eric's former boy,
2: now ex-boy paul george
1: because (laughs) he's your ex boy right i don't i don't even know how to respond to that because i don't even know like (laughs) the implications of that so
0: i guess your facebook status would be it's complicated
1: (laughs) 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 right yeah that's that's why i was asking you because because how it sounded over here is like um are you an item (laughs) I mean you're you're high I don't I don't, I, I don't, I don't think him. I I don't think I can I can compete with uh strippers from Miami. So there's that. Hey, that's a fair point. Nor can you compete with people who would catfish him. That being said,
0: Paul George was a guy who up until his elbow starting to really bother him, was looking like the clear all-star starter for that second forward spot, right? So in in that sense, I'm I'm glad you, you gave him that honorable mention there Anu maybe the Wiggins pick was because of a lack
1: of others but I just I just don't I just don't see it so question do you all not think that some of the reason you mentioned Rudy Gobert Oswi? could some of that be the fact that he's behind Nikolai Jokic who has a slot as the starter that the selectors could be instead of looking at this as a front court selection a guy who's a fellow five and we know in the packing order he's behind Nikolai Jokic that the selectors are just like yeah okay well I put a center down so maybe I'm just not gonna give Rudy some love
2: you know I I think it's partially that Eric but I just think the grander thing here is Rudy Gobert as a player is just not that popular right I mean he does the one thing that a lot of the casual fans don't really, you know, appreciate which is a fantastic interior defender. Other than that his game is not like exciting to watch or he doesn't do anything that's fantastic on offense, right? And again, it's a fan vote. So I just I think for those reasons Rudy Gobert while he, I do agree he probably should deserve a starting spot for how good of a player he actually is and how much he means to that Jazz team, but all in all, I mean remember it's a fan vote, so the fans are going to do whatever the hell they want. And what? he's French. <laughs> yeah, and he's French. And, but,
1: and, and and he started the pandemic. That's true. He's patient
0: zero. That's why I call him that. But that being said, after Zaza Pachulia almost made the also starting lineup, <laughs> the NBA changed how it's voted on. And I think it's like 50% fan and then 25 media, 25 players or something like that. So... Yeah, the fans definitely had a a hand to play here, but I'm just shocked that the the media and and the other players didn't give Gobert, or maybe they did, but didn't get enough recognition for what Gobert did do. Because, yeah, what he did, Anushan, you make a good point. It's not sexy, right? It's not going to win over tons of fans, and who knows if he's even that popular among those circles. But his body of work speaks for itself in my opinion and i can't believe i've just spent what
2: like five minutes defending rudy fucking gobert oh, wow uh, you, just, you just gotta know that i somewhere is like gloating around i i know it's i kind of like
0: i need to like drink some alcohol to like cleanse myself <laughs>
2: You know, it's interesting that you say that, Asui. I would agree with you in the sense that I think the media would probably cater their votes to Gobert, but I think even amongst players, he's not even that respected. I mean, you've heard it time and time again amongst players. When they see Rudy Gobert, they attack him. They always consistently talk shit about him. Going from, you know, Anthony Edwards is a guy I can think of off the top of my head who literally wants to attack him, and he said that he, every time he sees him in the paint, he's not scared of him. I mean, so. wait, wait. Forget Anthony Edwards, Ben Fucking Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> talk shit
0: about playing against him because he had a career high. I think he dropped forty-two against Gobert yeah, yeah, last right. year. So
2: yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. they just don't respect the guy. So I, I think if there is player vote, which I'm pretty sure there is, right, he's just not going to get the the flowers he deserves.
1: Say Anu, how did you allow me to slander? The pride of Vaughn, Thornhill, Ontario, Toronto, Canada. <laughs> right. Andrew Wiggins. I literally just looked that up because I not know where the hell he was from. I just know he was Canadian.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's all north of the wall to me. They're all yeah. wildlings, as we like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, he, he's, he actually, Vaughn is about, I'd say like 45 to an hour away from where I live. So it's actually pretty close. I, I agree with you, Eric. I mean, I, I like Andrew Wiggins as much as the next Canadian guy does, which is probably isn't that much, but you know, he's he's a cool guy. I don't think he deserves the all-star spot, but you know, good for him. Somewhere Jimmy Butler is
0: thinking, How the fuck did that guy get it? <laughs> if only he was in the West man. <laughs> so I wanna ask you about another relatively controversial all-star starter, and that's Trey Young. I've seen a lot of guys kind of up in arms that Zach Levine wasn't given that second guard spot, or even I've heard James Harden. Why do you guys think that Trey belongs there? Or I guess the better question is, does he belong there over a Harden or a
1: Zach Levine type? So Trey started slow. Zach Levine, to me, Zach Levine has been consistently good on... upper echelon team but he's missed some times James Harden came into the season fat slowing out of shape and was hunting for fouls he's acclimated somewhat also the league stopped calling fouls a little bit how they were calling fouls early on in the season so I don't want to reward him for that I think all in all Trey has had statistically the best season of the three That being said, Trey is playing on a Hawks team that's vastly underachieving, definitely relative to where they were in the playoffs last year. So honestly, I wouldn't mind if Zach Levine was in that starting spot, but I'm not going to get bent out of shape about Trey Young being the starter because he's actually statistically dominant over the two guys behind him.
2: Yeah, and not to just Harper on for too long, but you know I'm in pretty much full agreement with Eric here. I I definitely could see with Zach how it's sort of interchangeable whether you keep him at the starting spot or you know you keep Trey there. I I think James Harden just had a really I mean he's having a down year, even though his numbers are still sort of relatively there. His shooting splits are complete dog shit. So and on, on top of that, Kevin Durant's been the true standout of that team, pretty much willing them to a lot of their wins. Trey is having a pretty good statistical year, which is you know what we'd expect from him, even though he's another player that struggled a lot with the new rule changes. I think his injury is also going to really hamper the Hawks, and we're going to see how much him being out of the lineup is going to affect them. But, you know, I think Trey's fine. I would rather go Zach here. That's just my opinion. Now, per the numbers,
0: Trey Young has higher win shares than either Harden or Levine. Levine is hurt in that DeMar DeRozan exists. I think that's probably one possible reason why. In addition, Trey is also averaging 27 points and 9 assists. And while James Harden is averaging 23 and 10, his shooting numbers aren't as high as Trey Young's are. And while Zach Levine's having an incredible season, I think he, at least statistically, is a cut just under that these two guys right now. Now, that's not to say that in terms of who would you rather have in, like, a playoff series. I think he's not nearly the player that Harden could be or Trey Young could be, say, in playoffs. But, yeah, I thought it was an interesting thing because I did see a lot of people kind of up at arms why Zach Levine wasn't that second starter or should Trey even belong there. So I think you guys
1: kind of hit the nail on the head there. Isn't it amazing, guys? that Zach Levine, who early in his career in Minnesota, had kind of a reputation as a guy that was an athletic freak but didn't really contribute to wins, has kind of changed the narrative around him that now he's looked at as a player that positively contributes to wins. I honestly, seeing him compete in dunk contests against Aaron Gordon like five years back, I didn't exactly see this being his trajectory. So I'm pleasantly surprised, and I'm glad that he seems to have actually made good on what we thought athletically he could be.
0: Not to revisit what we said before, but I mean, what you just said there, you could basically say the same thing for Wiggins, right? Athletic freak, kind of underachieving. Some people even thought he was a bust. Um, he got chased out of town, basically, by Jimmy Butler, essentially, right? So, yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it kind of applies to both of them.
2: Yeah, for me, the one thing that Zach doesn't seem that he's improved too much on, even though I, I do see him give a little bit of effort here and there, would just be his defense. I think offensively, he's he's extremely gifted. He's a supreme athlete, but, you know, he doesn't necessarily use that as his sole crutch. He's a good shooter, both off the dribble and in catch-and-shoot situations. A good secondary ball handler, right? Like, he could definitely run a pick and roll with the likes of Vucevic. Whether it be to score off the pick and roll or to, you know, assist. Averaging, I think, somewhere between 5 to 6. Somewhere along those lines. But those numbers are good for a guy that's primarily the secondary offensive option on the stacked Bulls teams, it seems like. At least offensively. So, you know, he's getting his numbers still and he's doing a good job all around. So, deserves it.
0: For sure. So that gets the starters out of the way. Let's talk about the reserves. Now, Anu, can you break down how the reserves are selected from each conference?
2: Yeah, so for each conference, there's going to be two reserve guards with three reserve frontcourt players and two wildcard choices, and they can come from any position. So it seems to me that we're going to have a lot of different options here because I feel like in both conferences, both conferences have really good guards and few forwards that can really be slotted in, so it's going to be interesting.
0: All right, guys, so since we're all East Coast guys, why don't you give me your Eastern Conference All-Star Reserves? Let's start with you, Eric.
1: Okay, so for my Eastern Conference Reserves, I had Jimmy Butler, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland because I'm being a homer for... (laughs) <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though they're not my home team, I just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just jumping from squad to squad. So now they're the official team that I'm rooting for. Okay. Oh wow! Wait, so you've completely made an X out of the Lakers, then?
2: <laughs> Eric, <come> <laughs>
1: <in>. <laughs> yeah, dog. You gotta know, you, you gotta, you gotta know when to leave a sinking ship. I ain't one. I ain't one of the last people on a Titanic. I dip dab out before it sinks it's sinking i leave that for ac so james harden zach levine demontis tatum and fred van fleet all right what about you Anu?
2: so for me i have zach levine darius garland jimmy butler chris middleton pascal siakam my guy so i'm gonna be a bit biased there what? Uh, Get LaMelo the fuck Ball out. Get the fuck Fred out! And Fred Van Vliet. Another one of my guys. Oh my god. That- Dude, I have to. I have to go in for my guys. I mean,
0: I'm not about to say like Tyrese Maxey or or Tobias Harris here, you know? Like, Dude, last year you tried to convince us Tobias Harris to make an all to you. I mean, okay, listen, to be fair, in defense of me then... That shit did happen. Good wait. call, Anu. In, in, in my defense then... He was having what you could consider. His numbers were eligible, you know, in comparison to the other guys as an all-star. And given that we were the number one seed, we get a little extra guy. That that kind of is what happens. So, I mean, yeah, that, that was fair then, but not this year.
2: I'm not going to be out here saying Tobias Harris... I mean, in fairness, it truly is Joel Embiid and a bunch of fucking other guys. But what Tyrese Maxey, yeah, I will say he's having a good season.
0: Yeah, but he dropped thirty one the other night. Yeah, yeah, no, he's
2: having a good season. But yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is the Joel Embiid show right now. So you guys really have no one else. I'll explain why. But let's go through. Let's go through some of Eric's picks first. Well, let me give my picks. You know. Oh sure, yeah, go for it. Yeah.
0: So I have Lamelo Ball, Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden. Zach Levine, Sabonis, Van Vliet, and Chris Middleton. And the notable exception from you guys is I believe you guys had Tatum, right? Well, I had I Tatum. Actually
2: didn't have him. I didn't have oh, him.
1: Okay. I think you all's list is almost the same. I almost. had Tatum.
0: Yeah, see, I, I kind of want to start with Tatum because, and, th- and I, I understand that this comes off as me being my typical anti- uh, Celtics, Boston, Tatum. But
1: guys, he <laughs> hates, he literally hates Boston sports. So anything he's saying right now for <laughs> listeners, just know he's a hater. I just want everyone to know uh, that. Well, okay.
0: Full disclosure though, I love Tom Brady. So for most of their Super Bowls, I actually did support the Patriots. So not a complete hater. All right. I, I have a personal, familial connection that's very sentimental. Why? I've supported the uh, Patriots in the past, but that's beyond the point. My point for Jason Tatum is that when you look at his numbers, right, he's he's averaging 26 points a game, but he's shooting 43 from the field and 33 from beyond the arc. And you can honestly say that a large portion of why the Celtics are struggling so much is because that he's not creating enough for his team. If I had to, gun to my head, pick a Boston Celtic to put on this list, I'd any day choose Jalen Brown because I just feel like he's a player that I'd much rather have on my team. I feel like, for whatever reason, Jason Tatum is the media's darling. They, They just love him, even if he doesn't deserve it. And let's be honest with ourselves. When you think about the numbers Tatum's putting up and the fact that the Celtics are ninth in the East, I can't justify putting him on on my all star team. That's just the facts.
1: I I just can't. Let Hmm. me add now, seven through nine, I mean, seven through 10, rather, is the play in teams. So, any of those teams to me in that bracket of teams, I can make the argument that none of the players from those teams belong. But Tatum's raw stats what he's doing this year, I definitely think he doesn't deserve a starting spot. And I think there are people who are a little more deserving than him, but I have a a hard time thinking that a guy with his stats as stated at the moment that that guy should be off of an all-star team as a reserve. I don't know, like 26, 26, points per game generally doesn't get you off of a, a reserve spot of an all-star team in a in a year where there aren't many forwards averaging 26 points per game that's fair that's fair though with the all-star
0: game it, it just very much seems like your reputation precedes you just because you are a name you tend to get in and from what I'm seeing from Jason Tatum, it we we all have different rubrics for this, and he just doesn't meet it for mine. Yeah, I I get it. 26 points. That's nothing to sneeze at. But to
2: what end is what my point is, I guess. So for me, and I mean, you guys know, I have many times on this podcast defended Jason Tatum. And I've been a fan of Jason Tatum. I do really love this game. But I'm also in agreement with you. I think all around, if you factor in everything, I don't think Jason Tatum meets the requirements to be in the all-star game. He's a fantastic talent and his reputation does precede him. And I also do think that the Celtics struggle due in part with Jalen Brown being in and out of the lineup as well because he was injured for a little while. But so was Tatum. Tatum was also injured for a little bit and he was just Jalen Brown. I, I think that 26 points is fantastic. He's an amazing scorer, but... Overall, the Celtics record as a whole is just not where people expect it to be. You know, with this current roster they have right now, people are expecting them to go into deep runs into the playoffs, and they haven't shown up. So that's just where I stand with Jason Tatum right now. So
1: my only thing, guys, is that a guy like Chris Middleton, I have a problem picking him over Jason Tatum, who averages seven more points per game than him. And the offensive burden is just so much higher. And it isn't even as if the Bucs are the number one seed in the East. Maybe if the Bucs were the number one seed, I wouldn't have a problem with a guy that averages seven points per game less being picked over him as a forward. But for me, it's still like, uh, the burden means something. Uh, What's your expectation for your team? No, that's fair. Uh, and I guess, given that
0: I chose Middleton, I, I should I should defend having him, right? Now, while Middleton does have less win shares than Tatum, he has less points than Tatum does, he is shooting better from the field than Tatum is, and he also has a higher offensive rating and defensive rating than Tatum does. And he's on a team with a better record. Now, you're right. A five-seed to have two All-Stars is definitely questionable. You can legitimately say, does a team with that kind of record deserve two All-Stars? And I kind of feel like I'm kind of trapped in a place where I couldn't really find a better alternative. Maybe I'm being I'm being biased and I just don't want to put Tatum there, but I think overall what Middleton brings to his team, it's resulting in a lot more than what Tatum does. Even though Tatum is... The number one guy, even though he has a a much larger burden than Middleton does. It's just, what is that translating to? Eric, you and I both said Sabonis as one of our reserves. Now, Sabonis is on the Pacers, who are the 13th ranked team. So, I guess in that sense, when it's purely a record thing, we are breaking our own rule here. But, Eric, do you want to? Defend the
1: selection of Sabonis? See, for me, it doesn't go against my rule. At some point, I just look at people's like actual value stats. I'll look at win shares. I'll look at VORP. I'll look at things like uh, efficiency, true shooting percentage. But I, I think outside of giving exceptions to teams that are what I deem to be real contenders... Like actual real contenders, those guys, I'll give two or three all star slots to. But the teams outside of the real contenders, my thing with those teams, if you're going to get on an all star team, you have to be a statistical beast. And Sabonis, he meets that. He's a poor man's Nikolai Jokic. And the one yep. thing we know about Nikolai statistically, at this moment, he's the NBA's giant. Yep. So I have no problem having that guy slotted to my fifth reserve or so. I don't think that's a, a issue, even if he's on a 13th place team. Okay, well, he's also statistically dominant. He does a lot of fun things. He's going to be able to pass the ball. He's going to be a big man in an all-star game who could take it out and shoot from 25 feet if he wants to. I want that guy on an all-star team. So I'm going to reward him for being statistically dominant. Yeah, that's the
0: exact argument I have for him. Because what he's doing, despite being on that atrocious team, he's just balling. And and he's balling in spite of the others, right? Win shares, he's 6.5. Effective field goal percentage, 61.2. He's averaging 19, 12, and 5. It's just, it's so well balanced. And yeah, I agree. You you have to,
1: you have to reward the guys who are just kind of doing it all out there. But you know, one thing we're taught as so-called educated sports fans or educated b-ball fans, right? We're taught about the bad team, all stats, all stars. Yeah, and for a lot of time, for Kevin Love being in Minnesota, that's what he was pegged as. But for me, sometimes you got to reward those guys. So every night on a team that you know is going to lose, your ass is going to go out there and compete and actually put up stats. There are a lot of guys who get on bad teams and they do absolute jack shit because they're not motivated. To actually perform for fans who, though very few, usually for bad teams, will actually pay to come and see you play. So I like to reward some of those guys. So I don't really have a problem with my Sabonis pick. And I I love that
0: point because you're right. You know, there is always the empty stats guy, right? But it's not empty. It's too reductive to say that. Like you, you have to give it to the guy who does put it all out on the line there and indiana is a basketball state i mean that's that's where larry Bird's from right so doesn't matter how bad they are those fans still love their team and i think they deserve to have this guy on the all-star team
2: i would say i I didn't have sabonis on my list uh obviously just because mainly the record i had nothing against Sabonis. i think he's a fantastic talent the one thing i will say if i had to give it to sabonis to be on the all-star team is You have Rick Carlisle literally benching Miles Turner like every other game. So it's just ridiculous that the type of things that the Pacers as an organization right now are going through, yet Sabonis prevails. He himself is doing good. So, you know, I don't have him on my list, but I could definitely see the argument for him. All right. So,
0: Anu, it's time you defend from not a biased Raptors fan perspective, but from a basketball commentator's perspective. Why? Is Pascal Siakam on your list?
2: I think a big reason why I have Siakam on the list is for what he's done since his return, right? So we didn't have Siakam for, you know, a good chunk of the season. And upon his arrival back, the Raptors have now sort of edged their way into that 7-8 spot. I believe they're, yeah, they're 8th right now at 26 and 23. And the Eastern Conference is a really, really close, tight-knit conference, right? Anywhere between like seven to like ten, even eleven, can shift dramatically. So Siakam's been fantastic upon his return. He's averaging twenty-one points, eight rebounds, five assists on pretty decent shooting splits. They're not terrible. Besides his free throw shooting, it's not really great. But I I feel like in appearing in the thirty-three games that he's played, and he's played really well, and I feel like a lot of people underrate his value as a forward who can both be a playmaker and play fantastic defense and be a scorer. So that's my reasoning for Siakam. I hear you. And by your logic,
0: I would consider him an honorable mention. Unless he's averaging 40 and 20 or some crazy stat like that. If you don't have enough games played, that kind of puts you out of the conversation almost automatically. But we do want to recognize Siakam for what he's done. and. I guess we can just consider
1: it an honorable mention. So I'm actually going to play an odd man doubles advocate right now. And I'm going to actually defend the Canadian. Something I never thought I would do.
2: <laughs> wow. Eric, you, me and you get along really well. So I don't <laughs> see any issue with you defending me. Oh, Canada. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm actually about
1: to defend you, Anu. So I just want to point out that Pascal Siakam has played 35 games. And LeBron Ramon James has played 36. Yeah, but LeBron
0: is the only bright spot on your X team. He has carried that team despite having an atrocious lineup with him. There's a stretch of the season where he had the most 30-point games by like a long shot. And I think Embiid might have overtaken him there. But I mean, look, Pascal Siakam is not LeBron James. So I know you're you're in your feels about the Lakers, but you know, that, that's going a step too
1: far even by your standards. I'm not even saying LeBron James that has had an incredible old man season. Let me add the greatest 37 year old season I, I have ever seen in basketball history, because yep. basketball is not an old man sport where you're constantly running back and forth. Back and forth, and you're expected to be able to play above the rim, particularly in the modern NBA. What I will say, I don't think the argument where a guy like Pascal Siakam has played three fourths of his team's games, I don't think that completely disqualifies him. What I think disqualifies him, Oswe, is that statistically, Pascal has been this same player who's very good but ain't great for the last three years or so. That's what disqualifies him. Oswee, I was trying to line it up to shit on Pascal Siakam.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, I definitely see the the arguments against Siakam. And I think they're very valid, too. For me, I definitely come from a place of being biased. Obviously, they're my... Toronto guys so I just got to support them but it's just for me Siakam is he's always been that player that I always felt could if he just added a little bit you know more nuances to his game he could reach that point of being an elite forward player but he's always just been good
1: so Anu, anu you remember that song you know you know about rap you know classic rap too Mm i wish i wish i was a little bit taller Taller. i I had a girl that name her. you remember that song
2: yes sir yes sir
1: yeah that's that's what's being a fan of pascal siakam is (laughs) I, i wish he was more athletic i wish he passed better i wish he could score better i will always wish he was a little more than what he is But he is what he is, and that is less than an all-star player.
0: Well, as a final note on Pascal Siakam, I just want to take a victory lap and say, there was a time when there was potential that the greatest Cameroonian player could have been Pascal Siakam. And I'm (laughs) damn happy that it being said, hold
1: up, it's actually me. Okay, so that Oswee you need a hot take yourself because that's some wild shit I don't think anyone would have even thought that when Joel Embiid came out of Kansas University well or University of Kansas rather it's not so much a hot take and it's based
0: on a couple factors obviously out of the gate Embiid was projected to be the number one pick until injuries and injuries and injuries and there was the 2019 finals run where Siakam was playing his best ball probably ever. And Embiid yet again was out of shape or injured and just couldn't be what we thought he could be. So the comparison there was, was really just from a aspect of longevity and where Pascal could have projected had he actually improved on any facet of his game. He could have been that. And indeed, while he showed flashes, no one thought that he would come to a point like he is now as a frontrunner in the MVP contest. But we've digressed. We've spent a lot of time on the East. Let's jump over to the West Coast. So guys, give me your Western Conference reserves. Eric.
1: Okay, so this is my logic. I got Devin Booker. And my thing about having Devin Booker, I had to have him because the Suns are so good. I did not expect the Suns to be leading the Western Conference and leading the NBA. But Devin Booker has found a way to coalesce with Chris Paul in a way that it always seemed to me that the Rockets with Chris Paul, though they were an excellent team. James Harden still didn't like playing with him very much. And it seems that Devin actually likes playing with him. So I'm going to reward the best team with Devin Booker. Of course, I also have Rudy Gobert. He's the best defensive player in the Western Conference, at least statistically, and definitely as a center. I would say that Joel Embiid, is probably the actual best defensive center in the league, but that's a story for another time. I had Draymond Green. Draymond Green is on the second best team in the Western Conference by record. They're actually, to me, overachieving a little bit because I thought when the year started, That the Warriors will be more along the lines four or five or six, and not a team that's vying for the number one spot, even though the Suns are running away with it. Luka Doncic, everyone knows how I feel about Luka. Luka is Luka, right? We have Chris Paul. Chris Paul, again, I think a team that's (laughs) number one in their conference. You get two people, and I know this is going to come as a surprise because I call him pussy cat <laughs> p-cat <laughs> yes you just cleaned it up for me yep but uh carl anthony towns p-cat cat yep yep yeah those are my picks
2: all right on it yeah my list is gonna look pretty similar to uh, eric's i got d-book we got Luka Doncic. Got Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, or PCAT, as you guys call him. Uh and I actually have a pretty interesting one. I actually have DeAndre Ayton here too. Oh, then wow, okay. I have Chris Paul and Donovan Mitchell to round out.
0: Okay. So this is my list. I'll do it a lot quicker than Eric's dramatic <laughs> reading. <laughs> hey, I gotta do a monologue for mine. Right, right. <laughs> well, save the monologue for when you explain some of them, right? So, I got Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and PCAT. So, Anu, DeAndre Ayton is an interesting pick because it's fair they have the number one team in the NBA, so you could make an argument that they do deserve a third All-Star, but does he deserve it over, say,
2: Draymond Green? I actually do think so. I mean, this is going to sound like a very Charles Barkley-esque thing to say about Draymond Green, but I mean, he really is having the triple single season. He doesn't even have any stat above 10, including points. Defensively, we know how great Draymond Green is, and I'm not here to contest Draymond defensively. But the other thing about Draymond is his shooting splits are probably some of the worst I think I've, I've seen like by any season that he's ever had. I think he's shooting... 53% 53% from the field, which is good, but 28% from the three-point line and 60% from the free-throw line, which is just baffling well,
0: to me. Anu, Anu, you have to remember that when he shoots a three-pointer, it looks like he has a backpack on, right? So <laughs> he has all this extra weight that he has to throw up. You yeah. know, it,
2: It's a very, very odd uh, way to shoot the ball, I, I will say. And these are all coming off of mostly open shots too, might I add. I do think Draymond Green is the perfect all-star level-esque role player to have on a team, especially with the Warriors. He fits that system so well. But then I look at a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who has made incredible strides on the defensive end, averaging about 17 points, about 10 rebounds a game, good defensive numbers, and they have the best record in in the West. So going by your logic, Oswee, you know, maybe they should have three all-stars, right? D-Book having an incredible season, Chris Paul... Point, God, we don't have to contest that at all. But you know, DeAndre Ayton is up there to be that third piece for them, who's quite frankly playing way above what I think a lot of people have expected of him this year. So, for to me, I think he just takes that spot over Draymond. See, I, I think the most controversial, at least for me personally, to put on my
0: list was Draymond because it's like you said, Anu, he doesn't have the most sexy counting stats. But at the same, he might time, have
2: the worst counting stats out of anyone we've listed, if not the worst. Right, right, and, and
1: yeah, Andrew, I think he legitimately has the worst. He he
2: does, he does, and I
0: would feel a lot better about my pick putting Draymond there if not for the fact that Andrew Wiggins randomly made the starter. I mean, I think a lot of people, while we can all recognize what Wiggins has done. Everyone expected the second All-Star from the Warriors to be Draymond and not Wiggins. And the reason is because what he does defensively is just so important. He is the heart and soul of of that defense. And I guess in this podcast, really, the story for me has just been defending the defenders. And defending defenders, I don't even like. Like, I don't even like Draymond Green. (laughs) He's one of my least favorite players. But at the same time, I just respect the hell out of him as a player. When you watch a Warriors game, he's just doing all the right things. I And, and may, yeah, maybe he's not filling up the, the stat sheet that you would otherwise think. But defensively, he's just everywhere. He's just the floor general there.
2: You know, I, I agree. But honestly, I, I think that we're going back to the, the point that you said earlier in the podcast about how guys have the reputation behind them, yeah. which is why they should be making all-star teams, right? And I don't think that's necessarily the criteria that we should always be be going for. I mean, you even mentioned that outside of Steph Curry, this is the second guy that you would pick. I, I wouldn't even agree with that either because like a lot of the other guys that we've mentioned on this list, he's missed a considerable amount of games. He's only played 34 games this season. So even if we go by all the the same metrics that we've been using, I still don't see why we would put a guy like Draymond Green, who is the triple single over, you know, a guy like DeAndre Ayton, who is, I think, having a better season than him.
1: I love that our pod officially calls Draymond the triple single guy. Shout out to <laughs> us for the beautiful slander of Draymond Green.
0: Yeah. See, now I'm second guessing myself. I- I'm not sure if I'd put DeAndre Ayton there. Honestly, Anthony Davis getting injured just kind of put a wrench in all of this because that would be the easy pick for me. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Listen,
1: Oswee, Oswee, don't let this Canadian make you second-guess yourself when he <laughs> picked a guy on his Canadian right. team yeah, yeah, yeah. that played 34 games. I'm just telling you, boss. No, <laughs> I, I hear you. I
0: also hear the contradiction of my overall all-star arguments kind of all unfolding at the same time. I'm saying certain arguments against certain players, and then I pick other players in the other conference that completely do it. You know, so that that's where I'm at. Eric, you also had Draymond, right? What was your reasoning?
1: Yeah, I did. My reasoning is that he's still a destructive defensive force in the league. And that has always been his role as a passing hub and a destructive defensive force. So, if we were voting for him for All-Stars, then, with the Warriors record now, I don't exactly have a problem with him being selected
0: now. Any other uh, Western guys you want to talk about in particular? Josie and the Pussycats! (laughs)
1: Josie and the Pussycats! (laughs) So,
0: So, Eric, where was your head at with Carl Anthony Towns as a player? I mean... We all had him on our list. Despite how we all might feel about him, what do you think about the season he's having? So at some point, Oswe, like I have my
1: starters. I have my guys that I thought needed to be on. Carl Anthony Towns is more of a back end. I would like him to be on because I think he has a skill set in an all-star game as a great floor-stretching big man to be there and he's the greatest floor stretching five we have in a league right now so for me i just want to see josie and a pussy cat well in the all-star game eric
0: he's not just the best stretch big in the league right now statistically he's the best ever so give him credit where it's due the way i see it is I guess because the Clippers and Lakers have been so injured and bad otherwise, the Timberwolves are 7th in the West right now. Meaning, if the playoffs started today, these guys would be in the playoffs. And say what you want about him, he has win shares of 5.9, he's averaging 24 and 9, he's shooting 51 from the field and 41 from beyond the arc and 80 from the line with an effective field goal percentage of 58. So what he's doing is commendable, for sure.
2: I I, I 100% agree. I mean, if we're able to have guys who are solely defensive destructors out there, we can have a guy who's purely an offensive threat as well. I mean, that's not to say that Carl Anthony Towns is, you know, a sieve on defense. I think think he's not great, but, you know, he's been able to be a a decent big man. Not what you'd want out of an all-star, but not bad. But offensively, no one's going to be able to say that he can't play on that side of the ball because he's an absolute monstrous stretch uh, in terms of his three point capabilities. Oh, but... okay. Well, hold up. Hold up. What's up?
0: You said he's a monster. A monster would imply that he has, you know, some toughness to him, some, some bestiality but wait wait wait
2: we call i, him I said stretch i said stretch i did not just say he's uh he's an beat who goes into the, the no, pain no, but, nugs but, up but, but, but also, the canadian
1: did say stretch i did yeah, say yeah, stretch but, but 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 you're missing
0: my point it's not about stretch or, or low post when you say someone's a monster that it implies that they're not soft right that they that they have a that killer
2: instinct. And listen, listen. I've, I've never seen. You have that. your gripes with P. Cat. I don't. We don't need to all hear it here, also. But listen. Let me just get my point across. The dude is.
1: Can, can, guys, can we call him for future pods? Can we just call him Josie? Josie. <laughs> <laughs> Josie. Uh,
2: here, let me just say it like this. Cat, fantastic offensive player, can score inside the paint. You know, outside, he shoots it as good as anybody does. Great offensive player, deserves to be on the list, I think.
0: I agree. Carl Anthony Towns is not a Sieve on defense. You know what he reminds me of on defense? He he's like a saloon door. You know the door that like the Cowboys would push and it would they you could push <laughs> out or in, the, you know, like what is this analogy? <laughs> in, in that like there's still some weight to him. Like he's not like a complete twig, but you could basically just push your way through, right?
1: Like it's not like too much effort to get through him if he's guarding you. That is the most beautiful analogy I've ever heard for slandering a guy who is just an average defender, but you made him look like a guy who any sinner worth his weight can literally just kick him out of the way. Because Honestly, that's what they do. What I commend do. you for that beautiful beautiful analogy <laughs> one of the best analogies i've ever heard kudos sir thank you sir thank you very much but that's what he is with
0: anytime like a a, a power big comes against him like he, he can't guard them you 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 can't say he's an average defender if if he's a a big like that like bigs have to be held to another standard right a different standard from wings or guards like he if he's your five He matches up against the Jokic's and the Embiid's of the world. And also the Aitans and the Gobert's. These big bodies that are coming at him, right? So is he
2: really an average defender? Really ask yourself that. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what we can probably end off with, Kat. I don't think I've ever seen a player who has a compilation on YouTube known as the Soft Post-Ups, where he's not able (laughs) to move (laughs) anybody. I've never seen a player have a compilation or like mixtape level thing like that before. So at least he has that going for him.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen like memes where there's just someone standing straight up like a wall and he's completely head down, shoulder into the guy's chest. And that other guy's not moving anywhere.
1: Can I ask you all a question?
2: Well, shoot, shoot.
1: Sure. When you all see these compilations of Cat playing Matador defense... What music do they play to it? You know, off the
2: top of my head, I actually don't don't know, but
0: um... if, if I had to guess, it would be either in the theme song for Curb Your Enthusiasm or Always Study in Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> <Not> the, <laughs> yep. 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 That that's
0: just my guess. I, I don't know. So guys, this year a lot of players that have been named to the all-star team or that we project will be named to the all-star team are injured. And that means that we're going to have a number of replacement guys. So have you thought of any guys who
1: might replace, say, the Kevin Durant of the world? Well, to be fair, Oswe, I actually named eight (laughs) for the Eastern Conference instead of (laughs) seven. So. One of those guys going to be a replacement guy. Is there anyone in particular you would say is the replacement guy? Nah, because at this point, I just think with the reserves, we just... Like, there's no rhyme or reason to the reserves. It's just like, oh, Kevin Durant and LeBron James, Kevin Durant, who isn't playing, they're going to get there together. And they're going to choose the guys that they most want to play against each other on a team basis one-on-one. So it's almost like when they choose, it's like a street ball tournament. You're not even being strategic. And we've seen, I think the only guy that is strategic is LeBron Ramon James. And in the East, LeBron's not there. So I don't even think it's going to be like that. I think it's going to be like, oh... I like this guy. I like
2: this guy. I like this guy, dude. I mean, when he goes up against Giannis, who literally picks <laughs> he's like the worst GM I've ever seen in my life. How poorly he picks a team. Well, yeah. So they—they they don't even do that shit. So it's
1: like you—you you just mentioned Giannis. I—I've always looked at LeBron picking against those guys, and I can't help but thinking—and this is me being conspiratorial. And I know you all have gotten on me for my conspiracy theories. Yes. And I've told you, I think um, Stevie Wonder isn't <laughs> actually blind and shit like that. <laughs>
0: <What the fuck? laughs> just, disclaimer, oh, disclaimer: we at Brownman Won't Jump do not endorse the individual conspiracy theories of our hosts. <laughs> I just want to put
1: that out there. This is solely an Eric Fullwood production. Also Eric Fulwood is absolutely right about the Stevie Wonder thing and you all will see it. In the <laughs> next 20 years Stevie Wonder is going to come out as one of the most cited people. He's going to be like Tiresias from like Greek mythology. He sees everything though he's blind. So anyway, <laughs> honor you you can say you had to jump in and like disrespect me on this. I don't care because I'm standing stalwart on it.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's much I need to <laughs> comment on in regards to that, Eric. Wait, wait. so
0: Eric, wasn't there a point you were trying to make before you went on a Stevie Wonder? <laughs> I was.
1: I was trying to make a point. Yeah, what, what, what? So my point was that none of the NBA guys actually, well, outside of LeBron James, I actually think LeBron is trying to pick a team because... This is the closest thing he gets to be a GM outside of being a shadow GM. Well, if what
0: people say about the Lakers or any LeBron team is true,
1: LeBron as a GM failed this year for the Lakers. But LeBron gets to prove he's still better than Kevin Durant and some years before Stephen Curry and a year before Giannis. So all of them are bad GMs and LeBron's the best, on the heap of a pow of shit of bad GMs, <laughs> it's LeBron. And yeah, I, I expect mean,
2: LeBron to win again. Yep, that's a Yeah, fair, I mean, when fair he's fair. had this many years to practice, you'd hope that he could do it when the time comes.
0: Yeah, six straight. Well, since we know Durant is going to be out, who do you guys think will actually take his spot as a starter?
2: I think it could be pretty consensus that Jimmy Butler would just get slid into that spot. Oh, I would love uh, that. And I think in terms of reserves for that, they'd probably slot, you know, I mean, we were talking about it. It could be a Jason Tatum easily. I think in the worst case scenario, it could probably be Pascal Siakam. I think oh, Chris Middleton God, come on. I think Chris Middleton and Tatum are definitely going to be above Siakam, but <laughs> if there's an open spot, I mean, hey, you never know. Yeah, I'm gutting for Tobias Harris now because you all of a sudden are saying <laughs> Pascal Siakam here. <laughs> we can't even allow
1: Brampton here. To be making picks. <laughs>
2: what did Brad, You mean Brad talking kids? about a city? I, I don't know where Eric's getting all these ideas. We got to stop him from using the internet. This is bad. He's <laughs> looking up random places in Toronto. I, I don't know shit about Toronto. I've looked up a bunch of cities for this
1: podcast or places outside of Toronto and Ontario, and I just decided, oh, I'm gonna disrespect them all. Okay, Drake.
0: <laughs> Eric, the only important non-toronto place you need to know in ontario is pickering because that's where anu's from
2: hell yeah there we
0: go so there you go
2: ayo, pride of pickering <laughs> hell yeah
0: <laughs> well guys i think that's a perfect place to wrap up today's episode this was a lot of fun unfortunately somehow some conspiracy theories squeaked out again Eric, we need to probably (laughs) curb that back or something.
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I am conspiracy Eric, and I'm going to keep this up. Again, everything Eric says does not reflect the brand of Brown Men Won't Jump.
0: It's solely up to Eric. That being said, guys, the day that this episode is actually going to be releasing, the rest of the All-Star rosters will be named so that next week's episode You'll get to hear how we draft the teams. Who knows? Maybe we'll draft better than LeBron and Durant do. I don't know. Let's see how it goes. You guys be the judge of that. In any case, if you like today's episode, be sure to like, rate, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to hit us up by emailing us at brownmanworldjump at gmail.com or on Instagram at brownmanworldjump. We'll catch you in the next one. And stay safe, guys.
2: Peace out, y'all.
0: Deuces, Joel and League MVP
1: Josie and a Pussy Cat.